Father, thank you for church. Thank you that we can come together to learn uh, about the church. Uh, we pray, Father, that we would be humbled as we hear and um, and that we would uh, just uh, be hungry to to learn more. Um, whether or not we disagree or agree, uh, we pray, Father, that we would just uh, uh, yeah, just come in humbly and, and understanding and pray that uh, we just be edified by it. So be with us. We love you. Pray in your son's name. Amen. Amen. All right. So um, there are handouts. So the reason why we had this class is because so many questions came up during the membership class on this uh, on this idea of, of church. And uh, so let me just say at the outset that, um, again, you know, with so many things, uh, you don't have to necessarily agree with every teaching um, of this church to feel like you belong or that you feel connected to the community. Um, as with all things, what connects us is the gospel. And everything else, to some degree or another, is peripheral, though important. And uh, I've really been thinking about why uh, the, the doctrine of the church is so um, uh, uh, makes us hesitate. And I think a big part of it is because all of us, and, and I think to a great degree we, we don't realize it, but all of us grow up saturated in an individualistic culture in which... You are your own person, and, and, and your autonomy, your independence is very, very important. And this idea of being bound to other people, being connected, having these ties, so that you lose your freedom, you lose your autonomy to some degree, is very threatening. <coughs> but uh, uh, Jesus said that we, he, he didn't call us to uh, be Christians uh, as solo Christians, lone ranger Christians, but in a community. So let me just uh, let me just write down my thesis first. So this is going to be my thesis. I'm going to attempt to prove it through the class. A Christian is a member of a church. And specifically, a local church. Okay, so I'm going to try to uh, articulate this, uh, this idea, okay? So... Let's look at uh, a few passages. First uh, Timothy 3. Uh, Harry, can you read that for us? Yes. The household of God, which is the church of the living God, a pillar and buttress of truth. Yeah, so the word household is a little bit archaic. Basically, family. The church is the family of God. And so, if you are not in this family, if you are not a member of the family, how can you have a connection or a relationship with God? If you are not a, 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 a son... So basically, it's almost like saying that the, the church is... The sons of God, and so it it there has to we we have to belong. Uh, first, uh, uh, Colossians one, uh, Neiman. Christ is the head of the body, the church. Right. So the church is described as the body. And Jeff, can I have you read First Corinthians twelve? But the body does not consist of one member, but many. If the foot should say, "Because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body," that would not make it any less part. Of the body. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. So, what is the argument that Paul is making, right? He's specifically making the argument um, that parts of the body should not disconnect itself or disassociate itself from the rest of the body. That is not, it's not good, it's not right. And if we can extend this metaphor of body, a disconnected body part. Right? If this arm were to say, hey, I'm just going to go out and be my own arm, you know, we would say, first of all, it's not vitally connected to the body, but it's also not vitally connected to the head. And this 
severed limb would be dead. A severed limb is a dead limb. And so it, it is not possible, it is not right, it is not healthy, it is not good to be disconnected. Paul's very specific <coughs> point is that to be a Christian, to be connected to Christ, is to be part of the body. And therefore, point number one, you cannot separate Christian belief from Christian community. Right? So, belief or faith will always lead to community. We see this again and again throughout the Bible. Um, so num- so here's where... Uh, there's a handout over there. So here's where um, things get a little complicated. Because what do we exactly mean by the word church? And there are actually two ways that we can speak about the church. Um, and here I'm going to uh, uh, describe two ways we can talk about the church. The visible church... And then the invisible church. This is a distinction that theologians came up with. Of course, these terms are not in the Bible, but we're trying to make sense of what we see in the Bible. Uh, The visible church is the church we see. Okay, so that's very important. Um, The invisible church is the church as God. So I should underline the we. <laughs> right? Does that make sense? Um, and so where do we see that? Okay, number two. But aren't there people in the church who aren't truly believers? I'm not going to read the whole passage, but basically it's a very famous parable, the parable of the wheat and the tares. That's kind of like my old NIV memory. This is the ESV translation. It's actually the weeds and the wheat. <coughs> right? And so the, 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 the parable is this that uh, uh, Satan sows weeds among the wheat. And, and so the servants of the master say, should we pull out the weeds? And the master says, no, leave them together um, because you're going to cause incredible havoc. So let them grow up together and we'll sort them out at the end, at the harvest. The, the, the thing you need to understand to feel the full impact of this, of this agricultural metaphor is that weeds and wheat look pretty much the same. Like, if you stand afar, they look identical. They're indistinguishable. And it is only at the end, when you sort of sort them out, can you can you see the, the difference. And so, in other words, what is this telling us? It's telling us that in the church, in the visible church, not everyone is a Christian. Right? Not everyone is a... Uh, um, not everyone is a... Uh, 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 what is it? Is a wheat. There are some weeds in the visible church, right? In the church as we see it. And then the converse is also true. Number three, and there are people who are saved who are not in a local church, right? So there are people who, who, who are vitally connected to Christ, but they're not actually part of an actual institution. Uh, 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 an organization, a formal community we would call the church. Luke 23, this is the famous uh, thief on the cross, right? The thief, um, uh, Jesus is uh, crucified with two thieves. One of the thieves cries out in repentance and faith, and this is how Jesus responds to him. Truly I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. So Jesus says to the thief on the cross, you're with me. I'm your redeemer. Of course, the thief dies just a few hours later. 
And therefore, this thief is not in a local visible church, right? And so the distinction that we've always, uh, the theologians have always talked about is that there is a visible church and an invisible church. The invisible church is everyone who is saved. Um, the elect and the visible church um, is just everyone in the church right everyone in a local church not necessarily everyone who is saved right because again the parable of the wheat and the tares and therefore only this middle section comprises people who are saved, right? people who are elect, who are vitally connected to Christ, and who are in the church. But it creates two other categories, right? Um, the two other categories are people who are saved, but not in the church. And this is, you know, the example is the thief, that's not how you spell it. The um, thief on the cross, right? And then here you have, running out of colors, here you have people who are in the church, but they're not saved. Okay? Now, a couple of things we need to work out the logic of, okay? <coughs> The difference between this and this is indistinguishable to us. We cannot tell. You know why? Because the difference between this and this, both of them are professing Christ. Both of them are saying, we believe in Jesus. If you say, are you a Christian? Both of these guys will raise their hand. We can't tell the difference. This, this is the whole thrust of the parable of the wheat and the tares, is that you can't tell the difference. But one, their profession is false. So maybe they're under a mistaken notion. When, they, when, when you say, do you believe in the gospel, they raise their hand, but in reality, they're trusting in their own righteous works. But we can't tell the difference. And we don't know who's here. Because they may be saved, but they don't profess Christ. Because to profess Christ is to be in the church. Or maybe a better way to put it is this. People who are here are immature believers. Because they're, they're sort of uh, lone rangers. Lone ranger Christians. Right? So these are people who believe in Christ but they do not want to be connected formally to a, uh, to a community of believers. They do not want to submit to elders. They do not want to uh, uh, participate in church, community, Christian life. And therefore, we have no access. We, we cannot see them, right? And, and here's the reason why, okay? Because to cross over... Okay, so this is the world, right? To cross over from the world into the church... What does that require into the visible church? That requires what? A profession of faith. <clears throat> right? 
So the church says, okay, do you believe the gospel? And the person says yes. And then you know they ask, do you do you acknowledge you're a sinner saved by grace? That uh, 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 and Christ is uh, uh, your savior. They say yes. Okay, so you cross over and you become a believer. Now, people who are here, uh, I'm not talking about thief on the cross, but I'm talking about maybe immature believers. They might say, okay, I believe in the gospel, but they have never been examined, or there's no public profession. It is just their own private, personal um, uh, commitment. And therefore, it is possible that there's another class of people right here who say, I'm a Christian, you know, but you know, they just believe they're Christians simply because their parents were Christians or something like that. Does that make sense? So what is the difference between this person and this person? This person is genuinely saved, okay? So how do you enter the invisible church? Well, how do you enter the visible church? You enter the visible church through a profession of faith. It has to be a public faith declaration of faith, right? Because the community welcomes you in, but you can only be welcomed into the community if you pass the community standards, which is profession of faith. How do you enter the invisible church? Yeah, you just believe. Believe in Jesus, right? You believe in Christ as your Savior. You are righteous before God, right? You, you are saved. Um, and so you enter into the invisible church through faith. You enter into the visible church through a profession of faith. But because the faith doesn't have to be articulated. It can be a private faith in your heart that you keep secret. And so another way to think of this is this is like the secret Christian. Right? Now what is the difference between the secret Christian and the mistaken Christian who is not in the church? We don't know. We don't know. We have no... You know why? Because they're both secret. They're both kind of keeping it to themselves. They both refuse to make a public profession of faith. They both refuse to enter into a community of accountability. And so therefore, we don't have access to this to this group. We don't know who is in this group. It is to some degree, th- this, is, this is God's knowledge because we don't see into the heart. In fact, we don't even know what this is. We only see this. And therefore... Um, let me skip five, and therefore, let me just go to quickly to number six. Uh, point number six is therefore, as far as we are concerned, because we can only go by what we see, the visible church is the invisible church. They're one and the same. Does that make sense? <coughs> and therefore, this thesis is how we operate. A Christian is a member of a church. Now, in reality, there's a significant chunk who's a, who's a, a false believer. But we don't we, we don't know who they are, and we know that there are believers outside the church, but we don't know who they are either. Does that make sense? And therefore. We only operate on this principle. All believers are in the church. 
Now, in reality, let's go to number five, right? In reality, you know, when I draw this, it makes it seem like, it makes it seem like uh, believers who are in the church is kind of a small, <laughs> most, you know. So this is just a Venn diagram to help you understand the distinction. In reality, it's more like this. This is the visible church. This is the invisible church. By the way, when I was drawing this, I had to actually get a drawing tool in Word and just like, okay, so <laughs> my best attempt, okay? And we will create, this right here is um, saved, but not in the church. Does that make sense? And this is should be a small, small, small percentage of, of believers because of whatever extraordinary circumstance, because of the thief on the cross. But because if you are a believer, again, because we're going back to, you know, Christ is, I mean, the church is the body of Christ. You <coughs> must, you must, you must belong to the visible church. So, going back, let me draw, let me draw this. Any questions before we move on to a couple of our ancillary points? There must be questions. Or clarification questions. It doesn't have to be objective. Well, why is it necessary to say that being in the church equals believer instead of just being like a member bound to Christian community and most likely a believer? <laughs> <laughs> um, like why do you have to go that extra step? A couple of reasons. First of all, the New Testament always speaks of believers belonging inside of a church, right? Um, again, I would you know point you to like for example, First Corinthians twelve, right? So it is. It does not make any sense theologically for a severed limb to be alive. You cannot be a severed limb. You must be vitally connected, organically connected to other believers because the Christian faith is not a solo faith, it is a community faith, right? Now, what is this community that the Bible speaks of? It is the church. It is not just sort of like an informal gathering of other believers at a coffee shop. Um, and here I'm going to get to uh, uh, that point in number eight, but it has to be a formal Christian community, which we would call the church. And, and uh, the reason why is because the church has um, rigorous standards for entrance. So, for example, why can't it be, um, uh, uh, why can't it be like this, right? Um, this is a local church. And this is inner varsity. Well, that, well, I don't want Say, say specific ones. So let's say it's a campus ministry. <laughs> okay. So campus ministry, right? So you can say, hey, I'm not, a, you know, so some people are in both, right? Some people are only in the campus ministry, not in the local church. And therefore, they say, I'm a believer, right? We're not even talking about the invisible church distinction, right? A secret Christian, nobody knows. But they just say, I'm in a campus ministry. All right, so let's examine that proposition. How do you cross over? So this is the world. This is uh, the pagan world, right? the unbelieving world. 
How do you cross over from the pagan world into campus ministry? What are the standards? You, what, you were in a campus ministry. How do you cross over? Well, they baptize people. So that, that's like a different issue though, right? <laughs> yeah, aside from <laughs> baptism, how do, you, how do you cross over into campus ministry? Like how do you, like, how do you know, <coughs> like for example, when we say you're a member of IGC, they're very explicit um, uh, 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 standards, right? It's, it's very formal. How do you cross over into a campus ministry? Vague. Start attending. Attending, right? That's attendance, right? I was part of a campus ministry. Um, I was a president of a campus ministry. So I know, right? So it's attendance, right? Huge problem with the standard. A couple of things. First of all, is it possible to attend and not be a believer? Um, um, how do you know how much attendance is required? Is it five times? <coughs> is it 20 times? So it's vague. It's a little bit arbitrary. And the Bible does not say attend enough <coughs> meetings and you're saved. The Bible says profess Christ and you're saved. And so uh, 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 this campus ministry, campus ministry is great, by the way. I love campus ministry. But campus ministry is not how we know what you're a believer because campus ministry, the standards of belonging is merely attendance. And therefore, it'll be a mix of believers and unbelievers, which is good. But the local church, see, the local church also has a mix of believers and unbelievers, but we make a very stark line, right? There's there's a wider circle around the local church, which, which we would call attendance. We have people who attend regularly who are not believers. I've talked to them. They say, I don't believe in Christ. But I'm open. I, I'm, I'm listening to Christianity. I'm, 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 I'm considering the case. Wonderful. Keep attending. I love it. But you are not a member of our church. Because to be a member of the church, you must profess Christ. Um, does that answer? No, actually. Oh, okay. so, I, was, I wasn't that concerned about that. But okay. it's more of in saying, like, member of a church equals Christian. I, I'm more concerned about the mirror side of that. Because we know that's not necessarily true because there are people in the church who are not believers, right? Because yes. so, I think yeah, that I implies... That, invisible church. Yeah, so I think that implies that, oh, if you go to church or if you're a member of a church, that makes you a Christian when you're not, though. No. Uh, let me say that again. To be a member of the church is synonymous with being a Christian because to be a member of the church, you must profess Christ. So being a Christian is not synonymous with being saved, then? Is saved... The category is saved. See, so we got to separate these terms. Sa- there's saved, and then there's Christian. Okay, so I so that's, that's the distinction. Christian means you, be- you profess Christ, but not everyone who professes Christ is truly a believer. They're not saved. Okay. Saved means that you trust in Christ in your heart. The heart is invisible. We cannot see I have no idea if any of you are truly saved. I don't. Neiman, am I, am I among the elect? You have no idea. This is God's knowledge, not our knowledge, right? And therefore, we can only go by what we see. We can only go by profession, which means that, um, that, the, that the church equals Christian. And outside the church equals non-Christian. So that doesn't necessarily have to inform at all whether or not somebody is saved. No. Okay. 
Because, I just, think that's because what that, that's invisible text about last week. Yeah. Ah, so you're going by the attendance model of belonging. The 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 to define the church though, not membership. Yeah, so how do you cross over from the world into the church? Not membership, not uh or, or attendance. Right, so you said church equals Christian, right? But yes. that's not necessarily true. Because just because you are part of or just because you are going to church doesn't mean you're a Christian. Agreed. So there there's the church and then there's a larger circle around the church, which we do would call attenders. We do not consider attenders part of the church. Oh, okay. So then those people aren't Christians? No. Well, you don't know. No, well, <laughs> I don't know. He doesn't know if they're I saved. Don't know, right? I don't know if anyone is yeah, saved. Right. I have no idea if I, I, think, I think that's why it sounds really foreign, because I think for the majority of us, we, we associate Christian equals saved. Yes. But you're yeah. saying that's not the case. Yeah. It's possible to be a Christian but not saved. It's yes. also possible to be saved. You know why? Because that's what Jesus yeah. teaches us, the parable of the wheat and the tares. Right? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's what Jesus teaches us. Jesus t- says, not everyone who says, Lord, Lord, is saved. How do we conceptually understand that? It must be that there are people who say they're Christians and they're not believers. And, and, and therefore, the only way we can make sense of this is we must make a distinction between the visible and the invisible church. Those who are saved and those who have the name Christian. The name Christian only applies to people who are in the church. Now, let me, let me go back to the other thing. Why can't you be out here and have the name Christian? The problem with this is this, is that if you're disconnected from community, you're basically saying it as an individual, right? And there is no individual Christianity. It is not possible. You, I mean, you can say I'm a Lone Ranger Christian, but that's a contradiction in terms. You might as well say I'm an arm severed. Yeah, aren't you a dead arm then? You cannot be an... There is no this. To be an individual Christian is to be this. Now, can you be this saved? Yes. Does that make sense? You can be saved, disconnected from community, but you cannot have the name Christian disconnected from community because that is a contradiction in terms. To be a Christian is to be vitally connected to the body. You guys are all like looking at me. Let me go on to the next point, and then you guys can keep asking questions. Okay. <clears throat> um, but aren't we bapt? Oh, oh, number seven. Uh, baptism is the is the visible sign of joining the visible church, right? So how do you cross over? I said profession of faith, and of course there's an accompanying ritual to that profession of faith, which is baptism. Right, so this, this uh, people had questions about this. Um, baptism and church membership is one and the same. Baptism is how you enter into uh, into the church. First Corinthians twelve thirteen. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body. What is this body? The word body is church. Baptism is how we enter the church. Now, is it possible? Now I know the uh, the practice of some churches. 
is that okay, so if this is the church, um, it's possible to be uh, baptized but stand outside the church, right? So that you you, you get baptized, uh, but you stay you stay outside the church, and then later you join the church by becoming a member, right? Uh, 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 uh. This, this is the practice in some churches, right? The problem with that is, what is baptism? <coughs> baptism is a public sign that you are a Christian, right? I think we can all agree. Baptism is a public sign that you are a Christian. How can you be a Christian and, and I mean, and be this? I am baptized as a severed limb. <laughs> no. To be baptized is to be connected to the body, to the community. That's what 1 Corinthians 12 says. We are baptized <coughs> into one body. And so uh, baptism is how you enter into church. Me- baptism and church membership are one and the same. And then the question people had was, but aren't we baptized into the universal church? Okay, now, what are, what are we talking about when we talk about universal church? My proposal, and let me just read the, uh, the italics here. Uh, I got this from the Gospel Coalition, so this is not a Presbyterian view. This is a Baptist, this is a Baptist, Presbyterian, all Christianity holds to this view. I know of no theologian, no school of thought, no theological camp that holds otherwise. Um, the universal church is manifest in local churches. Thus, each local church is, in fact, the visible church. This is what the Gospel Coalition, which is a coalition of multiple denominations, says, right? So, this is another way to think about it, right? If this is the universal church, and what we simply mean by the universal church is, is what? Just Christians everywhere. Because obviously, IGC does not comprise of all of the world's Christians. We comprise a tiny percentage of the world's Christians, right? So, if the universal church is this, okay? Well, actually, let me draw it like this. You'll see why. The universal church is this, okay? Each individual local church is this. Does that make sense? To belong to the universal church is to belong to a local church. Now, to belong into the local church does not mean that each local church does not comprise the whole of all churches, but. To, it's not possible to be in the universal church and not belong in the local church, right? Because so people have this conception that this is the universal church, and these are local churches. You know, imagine it's filling up like this. So it's possible to be in a universal church, but not in a specific local church. That's not possible. It, that doesn't make any sense. And then let me press the case. You cannot belong to the, this is point B, you cannot belong to the universal church without belonging to a local church. Otherwise, how would you experience real Christian community? If you're saying, hey, I'm in the church, I'm in the universal church, I have a couple of questions, and, and if you say you're not in the local church, I have a couple of questions for you. Hebrews 13 says, verse 17, obey your leaders and submit to them. All right, ch- uh, 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 universal church member, but not local church member, who is your leader? How are you going to obey the leader? Do you have to obey all leaders? Anyone who says they're a leader? You know, like, uh, if there's a, 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 a wackadoo church out there with a leader, do you have to obey him or her? Unless you're connected to a local church, you cannot fulfill Hebrews 13. Because Hebrews 13 is talking about obey the leaders of your local specific church. 
which would, I would argue, which would be your elders, right? It's not talking about your campus ministry leaders. It's talking about your church leader, right? Or what about 1 Corinthians 5, 1 and 2? Let me just skip to the italics. Let him who has done this be removed from you. This is talking about gross unrepentant sin. Now, if, 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 if someone is in unrepentant sin, if someone um, is, is, is a serial murderer, and you confront this believer or this Christian, and you say, um, you ought not to murder people. And he says, no, I think it's fine. I should, I, I, I'm going to keep going. Um, aside from the whole like criminal law aspect, um, what, what does the Bible say? The Bible says you must tell this person you're not living according to the gospel. Be removed from the church. How do you remove someone from a universal <coughs> church if they're not in a local church? It's not possible, right? It's not possible to remove someone from the universal church if they're not in a local church. They have to be in a local church. And so that's what it's talking about. <coughs> church discipline is talking about removing them from the specific local church. Um, any questions before I move on to the next point? There are, there are more controversial points. Are we saying baptism is, uh, or what does baptism represent? Baptism is a visible sign of joining the visible church. So what about babies who are baptized? I know we, we've had a lot of baptized. Yes. We what? We've had, we don't believe in babies being baptized. Like okay. you have to be, oh no, we do it. Ooh, wackadoo churches. <laughs> <laughs> um, I brought some free pamphlets. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to explain it all over again. Okay, so... Uh, so, so, so last week when Hanson asked like about you baptizing Noah, oh, and you yeah, said, <laughs> and you said Noah is a Christian, yes. that means he is a visible Christian. He's but visible we Christian. we cannot say that he's saved. No. Okay. Neither can I say you're saved. <laughs> okay. I, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that was like. Uh, the now the difference between you and, and Judah is that Judah does not profess Christ. You profess Christ. But that's because Judah doesn't profess anything. He's a child. And so we believe that a child's uh, profession uh, is immaterial, irrelevant. It's the parent's profession that matters because the child is under his parents. When that child grows up, we expect that child to profess Christ on his own. If he does not, that is the act of apostasy, which would be to leave the visible church. Now, do people leave churches all the time? Harris showing me the motion. Oh, no, no. <laughs> 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 so that means if they uh, leave the church, that means they're no longer a member of the church anymore. They go over. So, for example, let's say Judah decides he doesn't want to. Yeah, Judah, and J- I'm like, Judah, and one day Judah comes up to me and says, Dad, all this Christianity thing is bunk. I'm like, oh, that makes me really sad. Um, so Judah says, I'm not, I, I don't want to be part of IGC. Then he. Uh, uh, is outside the visible church and so we consider him a non-believer but until that moment we consider him a believer until he grows up as an adult and then we expect him to profess Christ so when we talk about this is a slight tangent so when we talk about perseverance of the saints that's referring to the invisible church the saved elect people that we cannot know so it's possible for somebody to become a Christian or to become a non-Christian if they were a Christian before yeah um, uh, does somebody have a Bible really quickly accessible um, turn to First John two. It's all the way here. Let me flip it for you. 
did you guys ever have this when uh, when I was in jun- uh, junior high, high school? We used to have contests who can like turn to the Bible passage fastest. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. It just it, it, it was a test of like how holy you were. <laughs> I I usually smoke people. <laughs> All right. All right. Um, now uh, uh, listen, listen to what John says. Okay, okay. They went out from us, but they did not really belong to us. For if they had belonged to us, they would have remained with us. But their going showed that none of them belonged to us. You guys, are you guys familiar with that passage? So what is John saying? John says there are certain people who left us. But don't worry, because they were never part of us. They were never really the invisible church. Otherwise, they would have stayed with us. But the fact that they left us shows that they were never part of the invisible church. Does that make sense? So First John 2... <coughs> It makes no sense. I mean, it's like, John, you're in the cuckoo house. They left us because they did not really belong to us. If they had belonged to us, they would have stayed. I mean, it doesn't make any sense unless you understand this distinction. It is possible to be a, a visible Christian and, and, and uh, reject the faith, repudiate the faith. All right, there. Yes? Um, if Christian is a member of the church, yes. so Christian is also... Member of Christ's body. Yes. So does that mean the body of Christ is the invisible church or the visible church? That's good. That's good. There is an invi- invisible body. <laughs> There's an invisible body. No, I'm, I'm very, I'm just, this, is, this is very real. The visible body is formal community. The invisible body is, you know, uh, uh, being connected to Christ. You know, and and for for Christ, he sees the whole church together, but. You're not actually in... I mean, it's possible to be in the invisible body, but not in the visible body. Does, does that make sense? So let me, let me press forward. Um, therefore, number nine, come in. This, this really um, kind of got people asking questions. Communion, the Lord's table, is only for church members. Okay? Cause, so let's think this through again, right? If this is the church, then what is communion? Communion... Is a what? Is a fellowship meal. You cannot partake this meal unless you are in the fellowship. If you are out here, you may not partake communion because we don't know if you're a believer. Now, you can say I'm a believer, but then why don't you say it and profess it and join formally the church? Because it's possible to be out here and to be a non-believer. I mean, let me just say, non-saved, okay? It's possible to be not, not non-saved, not saved, and it's possible to be saved, but outside the church, <laughs> right? So it's possible to save, and outside the church, possible to be not be saved. We cannot tell the difference between these two people. They look the same to me, right? And therefore, both are excluded from communion, only professing, public, formally connected Christians may partake communion. doesn't have to be our church. It could be a member of any gospel-preaching church we welcome into the table of fellowship. Yes? So how come when you're saying, like, the people are inside the church, but then you don't even know if they're, like, truly saved, right? You could, remember you said that? Yeah. Could, so, so communion so what, what is not for those? saved people uh, only. It is for professing Christians. If so, they could technically not be saved. That's correct. That's correct. 
Absolutely. I think it's self. I don't know if you remember, but Judas took the. Judas partook of the Lord's Supper, right? And so there will always be goats among us. Yeah. Uh, I think it's helpful too, practically, because because uh, before you know, growing up in in uh, in church and and taking uh, communion, not being a formal member. Like, if someone were to say, like, oh, only members can, then it would get me to think about, like, why am I not up there professing, um, keeping it private, you know, so. so. Why is it when you do communion, though, you usually say people who are baptized can partake, or at least when you've announced it, or so I've heard in other churches, too. They don't say you can take communion if you're a member of a church. Uh, we have actually, we, we have it um, in italics. Um, I say various versions okay. of it. Uh, <laughs> but, but our standard is baptized member of either our church or another gospel preaching okay. church, you may partake of communion. Okay. And then sometimes I'll say, if you're a Christian, you may partake okay. communion. What I mean when I say Christian is you're a member okay. of a church. I sometimes say if you're a believer, so I just vary it up. For changing everything. But isn't like that? If you, I don't know. I kind of get like your feeling based. Like I remember a church where you didn't have to necessarily a a baptized person to take the communion. If you believe God was your Savior and you believe that He was the one you should follow and he died for us and he gave us grace. What does it matter what you like? If, you, if you're not baptized, does that mean you can't take communion? Does that mean that you're not a member of that church? So, <clears throat> much was very liberal in that sense, I guess, compared to this. This is very structured, very organized. So, I would say more, well, I came from the Baptist side. It was very much the open. If you believe that he was your savior, he died for you, uh, even if you're not even following stuff correctly, you still were, you could still take part of communion to uh, kind of remind yourself that, yes, you are part of. Christian, you're part of a body, you're part of community, even if you don't follow it right. It's not about whether you're right and following all these rules, it's more about the belief that you have, uh, that you are a Christian, you're trying to become better, you're bettering yourself. Yeah, I think what you said is good, um, which is that there's a narrow um, range that you can um, allow people to communicate, and there's a, a broad net. Yes. Um, we take a narrow, narrow range, not that there are rules, but it just simply means that you have to be a public Christian. There are no rules. There are no rules to belong in the church. You just have to profess Christ. Now, the problem with the broad net, I mean... Yeah, I know. This all explains the whole broad net. Yeah, the broad net, uh, I'm, I'm not saying it's completely wrong. I totally understand churches that have the broad net approach. But the broad net approach gets in a lot of other people. And the, the other thing is that the broad net allows for individualized, autonomous, independent Christian Christianity. And I think when we close the communion table to only belonging in formal community, we're telling people you cannot have the name of Christ. You cannot have the name Christian unless you're in community. So if you're just if you're just like a lone wanderer, you know, I'm a Christian all by myself, and then you just waltz into a church and hey, I'm gonna take communion, we tell them you gotta be in community. You gotta have connection. So not to put him on the spot. But say, for example, Chewy, do we exclude him from communion, even though he like <laughs> attends all the time? He plays for our worship team. I don't know right. if Chewy's a Christian. So we do exclude him from communion, because he, he does not. <coughs> that, that is the rule. When you become baptized in a certain church, are you automatically a member? This is my understanding, but other churches have the non-membership baptism. So I would say that's strange, but, you know, okay. every church has their own practice. I'm not saying it's, um, uh, I, I would put them, like, as a her her heretical church for doing that. And mm -hmm. just, I would just say it's strange. Mm -hmm. 
So what do you call those people then? That are, not, yeah, the people who are saved but aren't part of the church. Invisible church, not in the visible church. Invisible church, not in the visible church. I would say you still have a robust understanding of what church community is really. Yeah, so about. it could be one of two reasons. It could be, it could be um, people on the cross situation. They just, you know, like let, let's say you're dying on the hospital bed. Mm-hmm. Someone preaches gospel to you, and you believe. You're not in the church, obviously, and then you die. So sometimes you have some sort of. But so emergency is, situation. Right. I, I imagine most people are in this category, like the Harry talking about. They just refuse to belong to a church because they're individualists. They don't want to be in the church. And then they're not Christians. They don't have the name Christian yet. But they might be saved. Yeah, they they be might saved, be saved, but, but we have yeah, no from, access from, to yeah, that. Yeah, I know, yeah. but I, yeah, it's just, it's just yeah, I think that's, just like, that's so like the big hang-up for yeah, I think yeah, most yeah. of us, is that it, to, for us, we think of Christians as saved. So to say they're not a Christian is like a really robust statement, mm. I think. But yeah. let, it, let me it write, takes let me a write long time to get yeah. used to the terminology. Yeah. That's all. Um, I'm not saying that. Uh, to use uh, subsets, right? <laughs> Sets and subsets in math. This is Christian. Okay? And there's a subset in Christian called saved. Wait a minute, this looks really familiar. Here it is. <laughs> <laughs> right? And there are people who are saved who, who don't who, who, who are not formally, who don't have the name Christian, who are not formally in the church. So that would be this. So this Venn diagram is just simply us trying to understand what the Bible is trying to teach us. So can you explain that again? That little thing below? Of all the people who claim that they're Christian, mm-hmm. only some are saved. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say some, but I imagine most are saved. You know, I mean, whatever the percentage is. Not everyone. And therefore... How do we understand this distinction? There, there must be Christians who are who, who have the name of Christ, but who are actually not elect, not saved. So this is the only way that we can conceive of it, therefore, visible, invisible church distinction. Yeah. So, so maybe this will be helpful. Like, I have a lot of friends that say they're Christian, mm-hmm. but they, from my understanding, they're not just because they. I mean, they're not part of the church community. They ha- don't have an understanding of the gospel, yet they claim they're Christian, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I think, let me just re- yeah. take it back on that. What makes you saved is not if you say you're a Christian. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What makes you saved is not even the name or label Christian. What makes you saved is not membership in the church. You know what makes you saved? True faith in Christ. But true faith in Christ is a heart matter. It is an invisible Faith is invisible. Now, of course, there are outward fruits that we can observe, but that observation is a little bit, like, you know, not completely accurate. And therefore, we have to have this twofold distinction of the name Christian and you're actually saved. There are two separate things. Now, in, in, now, of course, we can't see what is invisible, what is saved, and so we operate as they're one and the same. All Christians, we operate, are saved. And all people who are not Christians are not saved, but we don't actually know. But therefore, we only offer communion to the saved, 
I mean, to the Christian name, Christian, and we only and to be baptized to, to to have the visible sign, water sign of salvation means that you're entering into the church. I mean, I'm sorry, I completely interrupted you. Yeah, um, I don't remember now. Okay, <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> well, because you were saying there are people out there who are saying they're Christians. Yeah, yeah, and so so yeah, I have people who say they're Christians, but they're obviously not, and then um, some that are attending church, but they're not. They don't have this uh, formal, explicit. I'm a Christian, like part of the church community, but they're attending, right? Um, and so, I mean, so how do I, I, it's just hard to distinguish, you know, like exactly what uh, Michael just said, like we're just going off of attendance, that you attend church now, that you're saved, or, you know, so there has to be some sort of formal, explicit um, baptism, and I'm a part of this church mm-hmm. community, rather than just saying, I'm a Christian. Like anyone, so many people say they're Christian, right? But are they really, you know? And so how do we know as, as a church whole, as a church family, that you're a Christian? It's through your profession, through baptism, and through you becoming a member of the church. Then we, okay, you are a Christian because, you know, so. Otherwise, it's very, very subjective. So this is a very objective way to, to know that, uh, know that you're part of the community. So, yeah. well, what about those who are baptized and are members, but then they don't go to church anymore? That's the whole thing about the Christian part not being saved. So you can still be a Christian and not be saved. So that, that's kind of hard because we use associate Christian being saved. Period. That's what everyone. I think even put the put that in uh, the biggest context is that we all assume when you say Christian means you're equals you're saved. So we're no, trying no, to break that. Assumption. We're trying to break that assumption. That's saying. But I'm saying you are um, baptized. You're also a member of a church, but you just no longer because some people right. don't. Care. Yeah. yeah. So, so so this is our practice. If you're a member of the church and you stop attending. I will send Harry to find you. <laughs> All right. So, um, so this is where we care for you. This is okay. where we, we yeah. come back and learn. Yeah, and, and you talk to Harry, and Harry's like, and you say to Harry, you know, after you, you flip on the bird, Harry's like, all right. Then we remove you from membership. We, we cross out your name in the membership. But, yeah, but it's, it's, With a ceremonial black pen. <laughs> it's more like we're just trying to love you, just trying to care for you, trying to point you back to Christ. It's not It's not like we're going to, like, you know, like, you know, it's not. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. So. But I'm just saying, like, so, like, for the church center, I would remember, even though I stopped going there, I've been going to church yeah. Yeah. Uh, for a long time. I mean, they never remove you. So you, once you're a member, you're, you're always forever a member. They send money or send letters asking for money. <laughs> so, so for us, we take membership really seriously. Yes, yes. I have a list of all the members, right? Here, yeah. here it is, right? I have a list of all the members. I pray for these people mm. by name. And when and no I don't else? see you, huh? And no one else? No. no, 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 no I pray for everybody, but I, mean, I specifically think of these people as my sheep. They're my sheep. The Bible says I am accountable for the sheep. And so when one of the sheep stop coming, we, we have a process. I think a lot of people don't see this like when we when we meet like we have this list in front of us and we you know like we go over this and we like oh who need who's in need of help and you know like who's you know uh, whatever there are care issues right and so we actually pray for for you guys and then we we you know we'll meet up with people individually to talk with them and care for them you know and a lot of people don't see that and they don't understand how important membership is though, so I think if you saw the practical how everything looks how we do it the behind the scenes stuff then you'd be like okay that's it's so helpful to become a member. Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, thank you for the church, the gift of c- Christian community, by which we are cared for and by which we experience uh, our Christian life. Um, please help us to grow deeper, all of us. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Thank you, guys.